What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to episode number 24 of the Review Point Podcast, coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. I'm your host, Tony Mango, and joining me on the panel tonight, Caroline Oliveira. Hello. And Mike Payton. Ah! Ah! Sorry, I was, just... <laughs> I was I was acting like Leo was in this movie. You just did about half the lines in the movie. Yeah, especially the the real good da. I, I felt it was really capturing the essence of Leo with that that first da. <laughs> so if you didn't pay attention to the title of this video or anything on the screen or the YouTube description or anything like that, you shouldn't uh, know by now or whatever. But I'll tell you ahead of time. We are going to be talking about The Revenant for this review point. And if you don't know what a review point is, it's pretty simple. We just talk about different things that happen in the movie and we give it a hit or a miss, positive, negative, thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we do want to warn you ahead of time, there are going to be spoilers. So if you have not seen The Revenant yet and you don't want to know what happens in the movie, just bookmark this, go watch the movie, and then come back later on. If you don't care, well, then you can just continue listening. And the first thing we're going to start off with is just our overall first impressions. So what did you think when you saw The Revenant and you left the movie theater or you clicked off your screen or whatever the case may be? Caroline, what are your thoughts? All oh, that blood. That was like definitely my favorite part of the movie, all the bloody scenes. And that and also how Tom Hardy is amazing. I think those two things were the, definitely in my mind after I left the theater. If he, Tom Hardy would have just been bloody the whole movie, it would have been amazing, oh, right? Oh, man, but he had that cool scar. <laughs> Peyton, what were your first impressions? I was interested because I am normally a fan of the pioneer America setting, and I feel like it's something that doesn't get used enough in movies, video games, what have you. Um, I, I guess that's just my initial. I don't think I want to go any further than that. But I, I was initially interested. I love Leo as an actor. Uh, Tom Hardy has certainly won me over over the years as an awesome actor as well. So it seems like everything was primed there to be an excellent movie. See, I'm actually not too much of a fan of this kind of like frontier sort of era. Uh, there's actually not many eras that I normally like, period, I guess I could say. Like, you know, you go back to the Westerns and I'm like, nah, I don't really care about Westerns. You go to the 1950s and I'm like, nah, I don't know about the 50s. Like, <laughs> really, like the setting of a movie doesn't add much to me. It either takes away or it's just kind of there. And I'm happy that this wasn't so deep into that culture that it could take away from it. Like, I kind of feel like this movie, for the most part, is almost timeless in a way. Kind of. I mean, obviously, they don't have cell phones. They don't have GPS trackers and stuff like that. And that would make a big difference to the movie. But, like, um, the basic plot is really, really simple. And right. I don't know if that's really just a benefit or a detraction from it or something, but... As far as the plot goes, it's just a revenge story. It's as simple as you can get. And did you guys think that that was something beneficial to it, or was that just like, well, they weren't really trying that hard? I think the movie itself was just so rich in so many aspects. I enjoy a good revenge story. If it's done properly, it's a very powerful thing. Yes, like it's it's a simple plot. Like, oh, you kill somebody that I love, I am going to hunt you down. Yes, and so many movies have used that before. But I don't know, like this movie to me, maybe it was the setting. I am with Peyton. I like movies set in different times, uh, especially in the past. I think it was a plus for the movie. 
opinion? Do you think that was a little too simplistic or is that a good thing? See, I disagree that this was a revenge movie. To me, this was a survival movie. And it was a survival movie for many different people. A survival for Leo, who was left for dead, buried, mauled with all of his wounds. It was a survival for Tom Hardy, who was this guy who had had enough. He just wanted to get his fair shake after all the work he'd done and you know, go on to live his life in a happy retirement. That whole entire crew of, of the American guys, you know, they got attacked by Indians. Over half of them get slaughtered, so the other half of them are trying to survive. The Native American tribe, in general, their numbers are dwindling. They're being attacked by each other, by the white man invading their land. They're needing to survive, and right now they're just trying to find this this daughter of theirs. We'll, we'll get to that. It, there's, there's just all this fighting going on to survive, and yet there's so much death in the process. Very good. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about it as a survival movie more. I guess it's sort of just a combination of the two. Sort of depends on what part of the movie you're watching, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start talking about characters. I mean, I I would say one of my issues with the movie is I left not knowing really more than like four characters all that much. Like, um, I mean, there's Hugh Glass, there's Hawk, there's Fitzgerald, Bridger. And then the captain. And then outside of that, like, does anybody remember who the other people were that were a part of their party? Uh, there was that little kid with the bratty face. Oh, he was, that was Bridger. Yeah. I actually liked Bridger. I liked Bridger too. You know what? Let's start off with Bridger. Why not? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you didn't like Bridger at all? He kind of reminds me, like, if Sid from Toy Story grew up. (laughs) Oh my god. Well, <gasps> that actor's ruined for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why he was so familiar looking. <laughs> oh. yeah, he, he... It's the eyebrows. That's, that's, that's just what I thought the whole time when I was watching it. It was like, this is just Sid grew up and like, he can't play with <laughs> his toys and break him anymore. Now he's getting sent into the woods to become a real man. His mom probably forced him to go on this fur trading trip. Like, it's about time you got out of the house and did something with your life. <laughs> You're oh just a trash god. man. Because that's all he is in the third movie. He grows up to be a garbage man. Uh, see, I, I saw the kid who ever plays Bridger. Let me uh, pull up his name while I'm talking here. But um, Will Poulter. I had seen him in the first Maze Runner, and I thought that he was pretty good in that. And when I saw him in this, it was just like, oh, cool, he's actually getting more work. That's awesome. Like, I, I want this dude to be Eddie Brock in a future Spider-Man movie or something. And when... They were kind of like messing around with the idea of maybe he would be sort of on the bad side, maybe on the good side or whatever. His comeuppance really is sort of just glossed over a little bit. I mean, uh, the captain is like, Bridger, you know, you're a dick. And uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is like, nah, he's all right. And then they kind of just leave it. Do you think that they should have had some kind of a scene where maybe they explained it a little bit better? Like what happened? Did he get punished beyond that or did they let him go? I assume they let him go. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't think that's something you really had to have clarified. Yeah. What what's the once everything got cleared out and uh, somebody actually, I, I think it was Leo's character himself, told the captain that he didn't have anything to do with it. You know, he was right. fed wrong information. Yeah, of course the, was... the captain died, so I don't know if that information exactly, was ever relayed yeah. to the rest of the crew. That's where I kind of would have liked to have some kind of clarification because Tom Hardy's character says, you know, well he he tried to um, stand up for it and all that. Like he goes to bat for him, 
and then they still are like, you know, you're a jerk and whatever. And then DiCaprio says that, but there would have been kind of, I don't know, maybe like, this is totally nitpicking by the way. Uh, if there would have been like maybe one other person in the room and the captain would have said like, all right, let Bridger go. Yeah, one quick line. There might be a deleted scene or something. I don't know. Yeah. It might have helped, but I mean, Leo makes it back alive. So I, I would assume, first off, Leo probably takes over as captain. Well, does he make it back alive? Why wouldn't he? I don't know. I mean, the end of the movie is him kind of like looking up and he's like half dead and it fades to white. If I remember correctly. So I'll see the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it could kind of imply that he he died after that. Like my mission's over and now I'm dead. Hmm. Well, it could also be that his vengeful spirit died. So he, he could be alive. I guess it's just like whatever you take from it. If you want him, if you want to believe that he was alive, I want to believe he was alive and that he came back and that everything was a little better in his life because poor guy, gee. I, yeah, I guess it's just more of a metaphor thing. Cause it's based off of a book and I guess Oop, the guy who lived in the book. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was a point. So I guess that, you know, he had to have lived to be able to tell the story. But, yeah. Um, I don't know how much they, hmm. you know, they apparently in the book, he actually doesn't kill anybody. He, like, gets them arrested or whatever. It's based off a true story. Mm -hmm. so that they, boring. They kind of made it more like, instead of him going, like, I don't like this guy, and them going, oh, okay. It was like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Much better. Um, but uh, let's go back around to uh, to Hugh Glass here. First first off, a uh, funny-ass name, Hugh Glass. <laughs> <laughs> Only would have been better if it would have been Hugh Jass. <laughs> just like my ass off the whole movie. Uh, as far as his acting goes, DiCaprio is getting a lot of attention. A lot of people think that he could end up winning Best Actor. Other people kind of saying he doesn't deserve it and that somebody like Michael Fassbender should win for Steve Jobs and a couple other people, you know, in the mix as well. Uh, what's his name for Trumbo and, um, you know, there's a couple of nominees and stuff. But at the beginning of this, Peyton was making the joke that it was just a bunch of grunts and stuff. Peyton, do you think that DiCaprio still is worthy to get best actor for this or is this another year where he should kind of be pushed aside? I think DiCaprio has more than deserved an Oscar by this point in his lifetime. I do not think this is the picture that when he ultimately gets it should be the one he gets it for. I feel like if he does somehow manage to get it this year, it's going to be more like a career thank you type award. Mm, consolation prize. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I really do not think he earned it with this movie. He was fine. He was very adequate. He was not offensive. He was okay. He was not even the best actor of this movie. Right. This is far from the best act of his role, of his career. And I don't think it was the best acting job of this year. Now, I haven't seen all movies of this year that they would consider for this. I did see Steve Jobs. Fastbender was amazing. I saw Concussion. Will Smith was amazing. Wasn't even nominated. Yeah. But I would think yeah. he's more deserving than Leo is for this role. So I don't think he deserves it at all this year. I fully agree. I think that this is Tom Hardy's too. show. Yeah. Full on. If he, if Leo wins, it's going to be for all the shit that he did to prepare for the role. Because there's been a lot of buzz about how he ate raw meat and then he got into like Native American languages and stuff like that. So it might just be because of that. But I agree with you guys. 
you know what I'll find kind of funny in like a sort of karma way, I guess. I mean, it'll be something that'll he'll be kicking himself. But apparently, Leonardo DiCaprio was going to star in Steve Jobs and turned it down for this role. Oh, so if Michael Fassbender wins for that, <laughs> he'll probably be like, "Son of a bitch!" Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, poor Leo. <laughs> Christian Bale was apparently another person who was going to play Hugh Glass. And part of me kind of thinks maybe this movie would have been better with Christian Bale in the role. Now, not to say that it is a bad movie or anything. I like the movie, and I think that DiCaprio did a great job. But I can kind of see Christian Bale maybe being better at this than than DiCaprio was even. Oh, I can't. To me, he's always going to be Patrick Bateman. He would just like be covered in dirt and be like casually going inside a horse. At one point. The Tauntaun scene? <laughs> yeah. I started cracking up as soon as he started doing that. And I was, I, I said to the person next to me, I was just kind of like, I thought that horse smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the original first choice for Fitzgerald wasn't Tom Hardy. It was Sean Penn. Thank God they went with Tom Hardy. I think it's so much better that they went with Tom Hardy. Yeah. That dude killed it in this movie. And if he doesn't win Best Supporting Actor, I don't know who will. I mean, I've heard some good things about the other people and stuff, and I've heard, like, Stallone, a lot of people want him to win. I haven't seen Creed yet, so I can't really attest to that. But the whole movie, I was sitting there thinking, God damn, Tom Hardy's good in this. Like, yeah, he's he was amazing. His accent, too. I wish I could do an impression of it. <laughs> work on it, Tony. You can do it. <laughs> I'll try to work on it. Uh, the parts where I'm not talking to this episode, I'll mute myself and work on it. <laughs> Tony, if you enjoyed his accent in this, then you need to see him in Bronson. Because he basically talks like that the entire time. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I yeah, definitely do really that. Good in but uh, he, I thought, was so good in this movie. And he's kind of the driving force of the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. without Tom Hardy's sections of the movie, I think the, the movie would have been bad. So when I look at this at the end, when I'm going to be thinking about my overall analysis, I'm, I'm honestly not too high on this movie. I didn't think it was bad. It's just sort of this gray meatloaf blob of all these various <laughs> of all these various things like mushed together into this meal. And like you got this decent Leonardo meat base holding it all together. And there's all these other things there that are okay, but all together it just kind of gets muddled. But then every few bites, you get this tasty, spicy tom hardy bits and that's what's making it all worth it <laughs> that's like a weird weird ad for him but if they're like gonna do that for your consideration for tom hardy be <laughs> like tasty tom hardy bits <laughs> well now it just sounds dirty Spicy. <laughs> if you want to see tasty tom hardy bits you should also watch bronson <laughs> what did you guys think about hawk the sun yeah yeah could have been anybody. Were you kind of, uh, this sounds a little mean, but kind of happy to see him get killed? Oh, yeah. He was annoying. <laughs> All right, good. I'm not the only person that's thinking this. I was waiting for him to die. I mean, I knew he was going to die right, because the trailers yeah. flat out say, he killed my son. And it's right. like, well, that's his son. Unless there's some weird-ass plot twist where some other kid's his son. You know, the captain's like, uh, dad? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of happy when Hawk died because it seemed like he had he outlived his usefulness by that point in the movie, and he already lived a shitty life already, so it was kind of putting him out of his misery, I guess. Yeah. 
you know, he's got his burnt face. His mom's dead. He's watching all his friends die, and nobody likes him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's barely allowed to talk. <laughs> right? Yeah, poor kid. Just get a shanking, you know. I am glad though that they cast somebody that actually looks Native American to play him because I hate so much when a character is supposed to be Native American but they cast like a white person with black hair. Yeah, Johnny so, Depp. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so that at least was nice. Not that he had anything to do with it, but <laughs> that was a good point, Rain. The original choice for the, uh, the Indian chief, Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Would have been terrible. I actually didn't like the Indians in this movie. No, their plot was fucking stupid. Yeah, they're and it going was so... around like causing all this death and chaos, and like they, their whole tribe can be completely destroyed on this mission mm-hmm. because they're abandoning their homeland. All their warriors are dying just to get this one little girl. Right. And like the big resolution was they got her, <laughs> and, and they killed Fitzgerald, who I don't think did anything personal to them. I don't think so. I think they were just kind of like, I don't like this white guy. That guy's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. Well, I mean, it sort of makes sense that they didn't kill DiCaprio because he helped save her. Mm. So she might have said, like, that's the guy that helped me. And then they're like, all right, well, we'll give you a pass this time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But what the whole thing with the, the closing of the of the fight there was when he was like, you know, revenge is not up to me. It's up to the gods. Yeah. And so he lets him go. And it, it, I don't know. It just the Indian like, gods. <laughs> yeah. I was setting it up for him to like be set up for a death. That's more, I don't know, poetic, I guess. Yeah. More fitting. But yeah. It didn't really go there. It's and up to just, the God, God, yeah. Powaka. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was actually, the daughter, right? Yeah. Yeah. The daughter. Yeah. Played by, oh, I'm not going to pronounce that. Um, <laughs> I actually thought that what they were setting up, was that, I mean, I assumed that this movie was going to end with him getting revenge, because if not, it would have been super depressing <laughs> if, like, he just comes into town and Tom Hardy shoots him real quick, and he's just like, I don't really like that Hugh Glass. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I was working on it a little bit there. <laughs> it would be if this was a Tarantino movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I think it's hilarious. I'm looking at the cast list right now. Apparently, two of the characters' names were Elk Dog and Stubby Bill. <laughs> Stubby Bill. I like that. <laughs> But um, I assumed that he was going to be getting revenge at the end, and I thought that what they were building up a little bit was that maybe he would sort of end up with Pawaka, like that he saved her, and then that like he would be like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself, and then he would like join that tribe. But they kind of didn't really hint at that at the end, so I was like underwhelmed. I figured I... the Pawaka thing would lead to that, and then yeah. at the end it was just sort of she's safe, and it was like, all right, well I didn't care about her. So, I think that it's something that this director that I'm, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm not going to butcher his name. I have like a lot of respect for him, but I'm not going to say his name. I um, think it's Inyaritu. <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> Alejandro? That I know. Alejandro. Alejandro. Um, Let's call him Ali G. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah. Oh, but I mean, he I think he also directed Ex Machina, and in it, it's like all of, like he builds up to these two characters who are gonna get together at the end, and then no spoilers. Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Um, let's just say that he has like this thing for strong, very independent females. Uh, apparently, he didn't do Ex Machina. He didn't. Nope. Never mind then. Scratch I- that. I liked Ex Machina better when it was still Machina. 
my god. <laughs> Alex Garland is the director of Ex Machina. I gotta watch that real soon. Oh, that one really also good. has uh, Domal Gleason in it. Pretty sure it's Domal. I've heard like five different pronunciations of this yeah, recently. Yeah, me too. I've heard Domnal, Domnal, Domhanal, but I, I <laughs> think it's Domnal. Domnal. I took I some Domnal last night for my uh, headache, so <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> you know, I was wrestling this match and they put me in a Domnal stretch. <laughs> so you think the Native Americans would have learned eventually that it's not a good idea to be friends with Hugh Glass? Because like, he's fraternizing with that one woman all right her whole village gets destroyed mm. this one kid gets taken out with him and he takes him out with like drunken sailors killing deer and shit and skinning them probably alive and then like everyone hates him and then eventually he gets stabbed to death then he meets that one random minion that they're just like eating <laughs> its rare carcass like you have fire right there put it on there and cook it for five Dude, seconds i Jesus thought the Christ. same thing he takes the bite of it and he's just like oh like i'm gonna throw up because this is gross and i'm like dude you got a stick you've got fire you've waited how many like weeks or whatever he's to hungry. eat put it in the goddamn fire you know what i mean like and if the native american would have been like we don't do that we just eat it like that he would have been like yeah well i'm fucking hugh glass <laughs> hugh glass but, shut up uh, and get me a knife <laughs> yeah. I don't, did feel kind of bad for that one uh, Native American though uh, being the sacrificial lamb yeah like, Squano or whatever his name was Squano Squano uh, what was his name did he say his name I don't think he ever did say his name but he did tell his backstory yeah is he Elk Dog he might be Elk Dog Elk Dog <laughs> yo Elk Dog rap <laughs> Well, he's not stubby bill i know that are, are you sure that's not the casting of like one of the dogs that helped them hunting the elks <laughs> that's the bear <laughs> bear's name's elk dog <laughs> yeah apparently he is elk dog Dwayne howard what a <laughs> that's a really yeah. name <laughs> <laughs> my name elk dog otherwise known as Dwayne. <laughs> Especially because all the other ones, for the most part, have, like, legit Native American-sounding names, it seems. My friend calls me Mr. Howard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of the bear, how awesome was the bear? Oh my god, so awesome. I feel really bad that those cubs were left without his, their mom or dad or whatever, but that scene was so good. I don't even know how they shot that. I mean, yes, yeah, CGI, but it was just so good. <laughs> I forget who it was. I think it was Larry was uh, joking. He was like, how did they do this? Do you think that they had, like... A real bear play around with a fake DiCaprio? <laughs> or, do they have like a guy in a bear suit? <laughs> oh wow. Really? Yeah, I'm like, oh, this that's, is CGI, bro. Hard. Yeah. It's like, I actually didn't think the CGI was that good. Really? You really didn't think so? No. I, I thought it, it, I don't know. It, it helped that it was so faded into the grays that there were on the screen, but. It really stuck out to me. You know what really bothered me the most was the fact that they had to have the bear snort out a mist onto the screen. Oh, As yeah. If, I didn't like, like the that. camera was actually there. I was like, oh, come on. DiCaprio did that at one point, too. That. He, he did, was breathing yeah. and it ended up fogging up the screen. That was a little bit like you couldn't have fixed that. And I think a little piece of snow fell on the screen, too. Oh, there's blood that falls on the screen, too. I think that was awesome, though. It was like, I'm there. Those could be my eyes. They're I'm the camera. It's, I'm the it's, camera. It, it's just kind of a weird fourth wall admission you shouldn't do in movies like these. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, I if it's the type of movie like Cloverfield where the camera is actually a character, mm. and one of the characters is named after a camera HUD, <laughs> which I thought which, was hilarious. Which, by the way, a surprise trailer for a sequel to that just popped up today. Yeah, what the hell? I don't know what's going on with that. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Go check that out, everybody. Uh, I'll totally be watching that, I'm sure. And I won't be throwing up. I was one of those people that actually could stand the movie like that. Um but I, I thought that it was a little bit weird. I mean, there were some weird things throughout this movie that were either a positive or negative. And I think one of the main things that I would give a huge thumbs up to uh, the visuals in general outside of those little hiccups. Holy crap. This guy did such a good job with the natural lighting. Yeah. And just like it, you know, the snow looks like so crisp and it looks like it's all clean and the uh, the running water and like the streams and stuff like you kind of want to just drink it. You know what I mean? Like. Unless there's like, yeah, you know, that dead scene where they're looking for glass uh, at, during the nighttime and it's just fire and everything's dark around them. It, like every, I felt like every single shot kind of looked like a photograph that we could just print it and have it on your wall. It will look good. It was really beautiful. I think this is a shoe in for best cinematography. Ooh. Yeah. There's only two movies I think that could actually put up like the slightest bit of a fight against it, and that's Mad Max and Star Wars. Yeah, see, I was gonna say Mad Max. Well, Mad Max, I think it's gonna get a lot of the other, like the the lesser kind of ones. I mean, we'll be giving a breakdown soon about some different predictions and stuff like that. But I think that Mad Max is more along the lines of like the best sound mixing, best sound editing. See, I think those are Star Wars. <laughs> oh, see, I I picture Star Wars is only gonna win best visual effects. Oh, it's so fucking stupid. Yeah. Just dominate it for a real award already. <laughs> and black people, too, because apparently that's a problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if we have, like, a Spanish guy winning this and, uh, you know, like, all over the place. Women getting nominated for this, men getting nominated for that, uh, old people, young people. But it's just there's not enough black people, I guess. I don't know. I don't really hear any complaints that Elk Dog didn't get a nomination. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be just another white guy, apparently. Yeah, good old Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> but visually, I thought that this movie, that was the best part of the whole thing. I'm going to just kind of bury the lead. That That's my biggest hit of the whole movie is, if it's not going to be Tom Hardy, it's going to be the visuals. Hmm. See, we're going to disagree here. I think the scenes were laid out all very nice. I think the, the character, not the characterization, but the... Com- composition of every scene looks good i just think one of the worst things about the movie is its color palette it's too just gray too gray oh, no. too much uh the only way that i can really think of that as a positive is that very scene that caroline mentioned when they're in the woods with the the fire sticks how vivid that red looked after all that goddamn gray it looked mm. beautiful but besides that, there was just too much gray all the time. And for such it's a, a long gray movie, story, it's a very dark story. Like, he makes sense that it's gray and it's colorless and it's cold. It I is, but it's, it. in the, it's in the forest. You know, there, there should be this sort of juxtaposition of the beauty of nature and all this savagery going on inside. You don't think, it. like, every time we saw nature was beautiful just because it was gray? Uh, absolutely. No, you know what? I, there's that one scene when he's walking in the plains and he comes across that herd of buffalo charging and that should have been so much more beautiful than it was but because it was so gray I was just like eh and then the wolves came in and attacked the one buffalo so I'm curious because I didn't see the movie uh, but 
Wonder which one's grayer, this or the gray? Or the gray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping the gray. But uh, I can see the complaint about it being too gray. But at the same time, I kind of think that that sort of worked a little bit to make it more bleak. Like, there's just, like, no hope for life, kind of. Mm-hmm. But uh, even beyond the gray kind of color scheme, I think that just the... Like, I mean, we had a couple shots of just, like, trees and, you know, melting snow and stuff like that. And even then, I was like, you know what? I would watch a whole, like, those old, like, Franklin (laughs) Institute kind of things where it's, like, the here's a big documentary about dolphins and that kind of thing. I'm like, I would watch a whole thing just about, like, this area. And I, like, generally don't give a shit about nature. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't watch Animal Planet. I don't care about the Discovery, National Geographic type of stuff. What? (laughs) <laughs> so I'm watching this really great documentary right now called Life. It's all about animal life and in nature. It's pretty cool. You should check it out. Is it gray? No, it's actually it's very, vibrant. very colorful. It's beautiful. It's yeah. Very beautiful. What was it? Was that the name of the same thing that came out a couple of years ago with like the penguins and stuff, or was that I, something else? I think you're thinking of Blue Planet, which is also oh, tremendous and a must it. watch. That I actually did think looked kind of cool. It's very similar to Blue Planet. They're both very much worth watching. I thought you were going to say they're both very much that one color. No, that I, think, blue. I think I think Blue Planet was Discovery and Life is BBC. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, so I think we broke down all the characters. Actually, we didn't really talk much about the captain. Um, I like the captain, but I think he was a little bit too simplistic, sort of. Like, he just sort of looked worried all the time and then died. Yeah. But I like that he was a good guy. Yeah, he could have been a dick. He could have been somebody that wanted to leave. But good enough. I kind of also liked how young he was compared to everybody else and how Fitzgerald was like, yeah, like, if daddy had sent me over there, I would also be a captain by now or whatever. So he said mm. something on that. And I thought that that was like, it could have been such a good point for conflict. But then again, the movie was already so long. I don't know how they would have put that in unless they cut some stuff out too but yeah it was all right i like that actor a lot for some reason he's i i also think they should have built on that more i was expecting a mutiny or something to happen at yeah. some point and that never really came around yeah at least like one scene where that would have been i mean there there was like some argument back and forth and stuff but there came a point in the movie about like maybe i'm assuming like halfway through i mean it's hard to kind of keep track when you're in a movie theater but uh the point where they sort of just split off right and we did just didn't see him again. That, I think, could have been a good point for them to have a real solid argument. And it could have been like, you know, I'm going to take over this and I'm going to do it my way. And if you want to go this way, you can go that way. But you're a stupid little kid and I don't care. And then Bridger could have just been like, I don't know what the fuck to do. And he'd been like, come here, you fucking little prick. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that they could have put more into that, but. Did it feel like it was, I mean, we were talking about the length of the movie and it would have added a little bit too much more to it. And it would have been really long. But when you were watching this, did it feel like a long movie to you guys? Because it felt long to me, but it also sort of kind of kept the pace going where I didn't mind. No, it felt very, very long. And I'll tell you why. And I don't know if we were going to talk about these specifically, but there was a lot of just stupid, artsy, fartsy scenes that would go on for minutes at a time that I could not stand during the movie. And I think that's what really made it feel long. The ones of like him just walking. Of just him walking. The one that pissed me off the most is when he's like laying in a field 
and that Pawatha girl is like floating on top of him. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> like so what the hell where'd that come from? Oh uh, god, I wish I could remember the joke I made in the movie. I made some kind of a joke about uh, something with Damn. Alright. If I can if I can think of it, I'll try to bring it back up. But <laughs> that part I actually snickered in the theater and I cracked some kind of joke about it being ridiculous, but I can see what you mean. And I think part of the thing that might actually contribute to how this might feel pretty long is the lack of the music. Oh, the music is dreadful. Well, I liked the music, but even the music itself is only one song, I think, in the entire movie. Right. And it it actually takes six seconds between each note. Accounted because I was just like curious, <laughs> which just kind of goes like, blah, blah. It's just like, <laughs> oh man, like this is taking forever. I kind of like the lack of music though, because it was there was so much breathing in the movie that mm-hmm. again, like it made me feel like I was there. It was a very immersive experience for me in that way because I mean, I, I, I. I didn't study, you know, the sound design and stuff. Not not sound design, but like this time, this time of you guys' history at all. So I kind of went in like not knowing a lot about it. Um, I mean, I guess I had some ideas of how scary and dreadful things would have been at that time. But to oh, me, life just... fucking sucked. You ever play Oregon Trail? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Oregon Trail, that pissed me off. I always got gangrene and shit. Mm, fucking typhoid. <laughs> you have died of gout. And it was like, I just bought a fucking truck or whatever. Like, Wait, what do you want? Wagons. Not trucks. They don't have trucks back then. God damn that game. The only fun thing about that game was when you could uh, hunt for animals. Yeah, but then if like you killed anything more than like two deer, it always gave you some bullshit excuse about not being able to carry it. Yeah. <laughs> you pretty much had to kill like a squirrel. <laughs> and you're like, I don't want to kill the squirrel. <laughs> what is this called again? Oregon, Oregon Trail. It was like the only game that you could play in school, in elementary school. Because <laughs> oh, they thought it was great, like though. somewhat, uh, you know, like somewhat of a learning experience. But oh, it really yeah. was just sort of. Oh, the know. designers of the game were freaking geniuses. Like mm-hmm. disguising this game as an educational game, but really it's just a total bullshit yeah. RPG game. <laughs> <laughs> Oregon Trail, bringing it back. But yeah, life sucked. I mean, one of my big takeaways about this movie was I was sitting there thinking to myself, first off, I wouldn't have even made it to the point of the oh, bear. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even made it to the point where the slaughter happens at the beginning of the movie. I would have been dead in, like, a week. Like, Oh, yeah. I would I mean, probably be, like, a steel birth, like, pads on. Yeah, just <laughs> fuck this shit. They were talking about the struggle of their situation from the very beginning where they were talking about how they were running out of food. And they were stuck in these woods longer than they were supposed to. So these were guys who just signed up for like a month worth of work. And now they're out there for like an extra month. Yeah, you got to figure out how you're going to get clean water. You got to figure out how you're going to survive oh. through the night because you could get frostbite and die. Like well, frostbite. And you got to be fear of like bears, bears. <laughs> coyotes, Indians, and Indians, other and these trappers. horrible rapist French people. Yeah. And other fur trappers that are probably going to want to come and take your furs too. Like they're everything out there wants to kill you at this point and there's no there's no police there's no forest ranger there's no cell phone for you to call for help there's no roads for you to get on and put your thumb out and hope a nice hitchhiker comes along these are terrible times yeah there's barely medicine what did they call the uh the furs i can't remember 
it was a p word. Pelt. Pelt. Yeah, they yeah. kept saying it over and over, and it eventually got to the point where I started kind of laughing whenever they would say it because it was just like the pelts, the pelts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, funny accents. <laughs> but yeah, I would just be screwed in this type of environment. Like, you're yeah. seeing somebody like, a, you know, DiCaprio's character. He's, like, shot and he's running down a river and just washing up on shore and cauterizing his wound on his neck and whatever. Oh, my God. Like, I nope. love that scene so much. Oh, my God. I was, like, oh, I got so excited over that scene. You guys have no idea. <laughs> I was, like, squirming in my chair. I'm just kind of like, oh, God, he's going to so yeah, when the wa- When he drinks the water and the water comes from the comes out of the wound, it's like, oh. <laughs> this is I'm so pretty sure the, the reaction for that wasn't, oh. <laughs> it was supposed to be, Bleh. scene so um i think that that's kind of all the notes that i had written down or whatever like that but if there's anything uh that you guys want to throw out there what your biggest hits what are your biggest misses any other kind of topics we haven't touched on yet this movie reminded me a lot about uh castaway the tom hanks movie Mm. i had a lot got a lot of echoes of that movie in this one uh only it had more of a cast which was an advantage it had over castaway Yet. Cast away. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, oh. uh, but yet, I still think Castaway had more character. Well, maybe if he would have taken the little spiral um, flask and put hair on it, mm. you know, named it Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what were your biggest hits and your biggest misses, Peyton? Biggest hits would be Tom Hardy. Um, hmm. I guess uh, the practical effects of the wounds yes. always looked really good. Like there was the one scene when the Indian was treating Leo's wounds in that little tent he made. And you could see just how like there were these open wounds that were being held together by these tiny little stitches. And so you can see the exposed muscle and everything underneath them. That was that was pretty awesome looking. Uh, Mrs. Uh, as I said, the colors were just terrible. The side cast, there was really no... Nothing interesting going on there with anyone besides Tom Hardy. Uh, overall, the movie just felt a little too long and a little little too dreary for my tastes. It wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't a great movie. It I, I give it a three-star rating out of uh, the whole five-star thing. So I, I can't hate it, but it's nothing that I'm looking at and be like, oh, this is best picture of the year or Leo deserves an Oscar for this. I don't think this movie really deserves any awards except for maybe Tom Hardy's performance. Not even cinematography? Not even cinematography. Only because I think there was two or three better options than this one. Hmm. Caroline, what about you? Any uh, big hits and big misses that stand out overall rating of the movie? Yeah. Uh, well, I definitely agree. Tom Hardy was amazing in this. Amazing. Uh, makeup in this movie to me was beautiful. Like the wounds were super realistic they get infected they changed appearance throughout the movie just as they should amazing like that is so beautiful and i can't imagine what they went through having to do all those applications under those weather conditions and all that like amazing um i love the colors <laughs> i love the 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 color palette in the movie the cinematography i did enjoy the camera getting dirty i i, I kind of like that crazy stuff um yeah and costume design too was pretty good um 
misses, I would say definitely too long. Like I, I had to go to the bathroom really bad and then I couldn't really focus on the movie and that sucks. And I feel like a movie should be as long as your ability to hold liquid in your bladder. <laughs> I had no issue. Uh, <laughs> well, I did. Okay. I was like drinking a lot of Coke and you know, I needed to go to the bathroom and it's uh, uh, a mess. That's when you um, soak it up with popcorn. I didn't have any popcorn on me. I only had money for stupid Coke. Anyway, mm. <laughs> um, not stupid. I love Coke. Yay. Coca-Cola, not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I'm going to give it like a 3.5. I think that if he gets an Oscar, it should be for uh, maybe like Best Makeup. If they still have that award, I don't even know. Uh, and Tom Hardy should definitely win. So I would say, I mentioned it before, my biggest hits are probably either the visuals or Tom Hardy. I think that Tom Hardy, if, I, if I've if i seen the other performances, I'd be able to judge it better. But right now, not having seen all of them, I would totally be up for him winning Best Supporting Actor. I think that he kind of deserves it. Maybe there's better options. I don't know. I'll have to watch his movies over the next couple of weeks and stuff. But if not, I think that this could win and maybe should win Best Cinematography. And if Star Wars won, I would not be upset because I love Star Wars. And if uh, Mad Max won, I haven't seen that yet, but I've heard good things. So if that won, I wouldn't be too surprised either. My uh, biggest miss, probably that Caroline chose Coke over popcorn. Uh, <laughs> now, I think the biggest uh, miss is that there's no real payoff with Pawaka. I It would have been a little bit shoehorned in to like have a romance between the two, but maybe that would have been a better ending in my mind to just sort of give her more of a purpose and like that the the Native Americans that are on her side hunting for her are doing it for that reason. Kind of like if um if Hugh Glass is like letting this go to the gods, well the gods kept her around to be support for him in the future because he's lost his wife and he lost his kid. So I don't know. Maybe that's just the the person in me who wants a happier ending or something. I don't know. Uh I think I would kind of, I would give this movie a thumbs up if I have to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, but I don't want this to win Best Picture. And I don't even know if I want Inuritu or Inuritu or whatever, however you pronounce it. Sorry. <laughs> I don't even know if I want him to win Best Director either. And a lot of people are talking about how he's almost a shoe in but I don't know. I mean, I look at some of the other people that are nominated right now, and I've heard amazing things about Adam McKay's The Big Short. I've heard, of course, nonstop stuff about George Miller for Mad Max. Yo, how hard is it to tell Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy to act good? Right. Like, <laughs> like you, you know, deserve an award for that. I mean, he deserves credit for, like, getting a lot of things put together, but you can't give him the Best Director Award for the cinematography. You have to give the cinematographer the award for that. Right. You can't give him the award for the visual effects of the bear. You need to give that to the visual effects team. And it's nominated for that too, but it damn sure isn't going to win that. Uh, you can't give him, say, like screenplay or stuff. I mean, they're not nominated for that or whatever because he didn't, he wasn't the one writing the screenplay based off of the book as much. I mean, he had some kind of a play into it, whatever. But I think this is one of those pictures where he did a good job assembling a lot of things together, but he specifically is not best director this year. And if he wins, people are going to be happy. I'll be a little bit disappointed or whatever. I don't know. I don't really care. But this is not going to win Best Picture. Guaranteed. 
good enough movie that I would recommend it to people that like this. But between Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Mad Max, uh, The Martian, I've heard better stuff about than The Revenant. Heard better stuff about Spotlight. Don't be surprised if The Revenant doesn't win. Uh, so that's it, I think, for our review point. We just got to go around here and talk some plugs, things that we're going to promote for you guys to check out in the future, what's happening with uh, the different stuff that we're involved in. So, Peyton, what do you want to throw out there for the people? Stay tuned to the new MegapowersRadio.com. Got a whole new website design and a whole new set of shows coming your way. We got the Raw Post shows, an old favorite. The Daceman Show starts a new night on Tuesday nights. Hot Fire Mixtape, a new show hosted by me, bringing you fresh hits every single week. Maybe they're not fresh. Some of them are from the 80s and 70s and 60s. (laughs) Some of them get quite old, in fact, but it's all fun music. So something different than what we usually do around here. Everything else, megapowersradio.com. And for me, at M-R-P-A-D-E-N, that's Mr. Payton on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Caroline? Uh, Check out Finboys Anonymous and my website, uh, creepycaroline.bigcartel.com. And that's it. And for my side of things, just obviously keep checking out everything that's coming your way from fanboysanonymous.com, all the podcasts and stuff. If you're on iTunes and Stitcher, subscribe to us on YouTube. It's dot, uh, dot com slash fanboysanonymous. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave a rating. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Follow the website for different articles that are coming up as well. And for the wrestling side of things, smartoutmoment.com, the All Talk Show, everything's at All Talk Show, and myself at Tony Mango and at A Mango Tree. So, on behalf of everyone on the panel and all the fanboys and fangirls that couldn't be here tonight, thank you all for listening and shooting the breeze with us. Tell us what you think were the hits and misses of The Revenant. Leave those comments below. Make sure to subscribe, as I said, and stay tuned for everything else on the group meeting, the review point, the movie club. And anything else that's happening, fanboysanonymous.com. This has been Review Point, episode 24. I'm Tony Mango, and I'm a fanboy. See you next time, everybody. Geeks out.